previously on Just Cow in the City. Because it was Thursday, it was raining. Are you really guys giving me the runaround? To, is this a joke? But of course, I look like a dick. One place, student, I happen to have um, Dick Grabowski right here. If you just, the Stallone comes back from the garden and he goes, I got my screenplay. That's an unbelievable story that is not in any documentary. I'm throwing it up the flagpole to see if anybody salutes. There's a handsome guy. And you know the plans he's making. His only expertise is making a fuss of everything he sees. Welcome to another episode of Just Cow in the City, January 31, 2023 edition. Oh, I wonder how many times I've said 2022 uh, since it's been 2023. We all do it, but let's get into it. 2023, it's almost February, and this is the final day of January as we go into the shortest month of the year, and then, oh my God, it just all goes by so fast. Hello! Nice to see everybody today. Boy, did I make a mistake before I... Decided to do the podcast. I got my mail. I looked at my mail. I should, I, you know, I try never to get the mail. I really try really hard never to get the mail, but you have to get the mail once in a while. I really want to be like Kramer. What do I need mail for? It's always bad news. Obviously, it's always bills and stuff, but today, I, I didn't even open anything. I just looked at it and I'm like, oh, this ain't going to end well. It is not going to end well. Everything's a disaster. I think they're going to, I don't know. Now I got. Uh, rent and tax and all that kind of stuff problems and I was like why did I read why why did I look at this before I uh, did the podcast this was a huge mistake I could be depressed for the rest of the week but I need this uh, one hour to be positive and have a good time and uh, make a, a, a positive podcast god damn it you goddamn that damn post office master general wait what is it because the Oh, I'm always thinking of the Roastmaster General, so I never get the Postmaster General. Damn you. Damn you to hell. Of course I'm thinking of the Roastmaster General. If the Roastmaster General, that wouldn't be a problem. Then I could call my friend and be like, can you stop sending me the mail? Well, that would have worked out easily. I'd much prefer the Roastmaster General to the Postmaster General. And things I really like, my mail lady, she's really cute, and uh, I'd like to talk to her some more, but you know, I can't stand the sight of her right now. I just, nobody wanted to get a mail, although I did start getting in those SAG DVD screeners, so I, I didn't open it up and see what it is, although I guess you can watch everything online now, but I suppose it's easier for me, being an older person, to use my Xbox to watch DVDs, so I'll be able to watch some of those Oscar-nominated movies, which is always good. I guess I, I guess I paid my SAG dues on time, unlike last year, where I don't know what was happening. COVID just ruined everything. It ruined my life even though it was the best time of my life when it first started, but I had messed up and I didn't plan for the future. And that's important, kids. Remember to always plan for the future because things end poorly. 
if you don't. But who am I? I'm not a person that plans for anything, and uh, that's kind of the comedy, isn't it, though? <laughs> isn't it, though? Well, uh, my goodness, yesterday another successful class. Everybody showed up except for one girl who uh, emailed me and told me why she couldn't come, which is perfectly fine. But everybody showed back up, so I guess the class is on. It's working. I think we had a really good time yesterday. Remember I uh, told them I wanted them to watch Fast Times at Ridgemont High? which they did, and the two guys that hadn't seen Clueless before watched it. I think they liked it. I I can't tell. Uh, Again, I don't know why you would take a class on Clueless if uh, they even thought the movie was called Completely Clueless because I named the class Completely Clueless. So I don't know what goes on with these uh, kids. I'm like Mr. Hand. I'm convinced every student is on dope, and uh, I go around the class looking and uh, just like Mr. Hand being like, can you pass this class? I told them when we looked at that scene today, I'm like, this is what I wanted to do to you for the, for the first day. And then uh, show you this clip. And they, they all thought that was funny. And then we had some good laughs, and but some, some good, uh, good stuff, you know? And then we got to the, the end of the film, and I said, what do you think? What do you think is the one character in the movie? That, what do you think the, the, the main character is in the movie? And basically, most people would say Spicoli, but that's not the case. The real main character, which is why I was stressing how amazing it is directed by a female, uh, being Amy Heckerling, and again, at that time, and you got to take all that into consideration, when the next woman who might be, uh, besides Amy Heckerling, who was making movies, the next woman that was directing a movie might not have been for another 15 years after that. The actual, in watching it again with different eyes, the actual lead character of the movie is Jennifer Jason Lee. I was telling them because she's the only one that changes at the end of the movie. She, her character makes change. Everyone else stays the same. You know, Judge Reinhold just gets another job. He's that guy. Spicoli never stops getting high. You know, Damone is just always going to be that guy. And Rat is still nervous and worried as ever. And obviously, even though the ending, he still can't go all the way, as they say. But Jennifer Jason Lee is the only one who starts off like, I got to get, I got to see what this sex is all about. I got to try it. I got to try different guys. And then at the end of the movie, she said, which again is a really unbelievable thing for a movie at that time. And I'll tell you more in a second. And at the end of the movie, she says, I don't know about this sex stuff. I mean, I, I think I'd like to concentrate on having a relationship. And then, of course, she takes a real big chance, again, if you watch it like this, on, you know, waving Rat over to tell her to call her and said, you know what, I'm going to go for this guy. I'm going to take a chance. And it is a big chance if you think about it. We all know that he knows she slept with his best friend. We don't know if he knows about the abortion, but that was that's taking a big chance and saying, I want to I want to put it out there for this guy. And that's the most interesting part in the movie if you look at it in a different way that the female in this classic boys comedy is actually the lead character in many ways Spicoli we were saying is more like Cher in Clueless because he's ditzy as she is but with an extremely positive attitude all the time you know until somebody really gets to her like like Mr. Hand but even there's still there's an understanding there at the end so I thought that was a really interesting way to look at it. I'm hoping they did too, and it seemed like they did. And then I was explaining to them, I'm like, you don't understand. This is 1982. 
The movies that came out in 1982, the same year that Fast Times did, did had nothing to do with a, a female heroine that you're rooting for to not just, you know, for her to lose her virginity because it just wasn't a thing for girls to do back then, but to, you know, talk about it, understand about it, have the problems you might have and, you know, just all that kind of stuff. But then I was saying the movies were, you know, the last American virgin, it's usually just boys trying to get laid. And then I showed them a poster of Porky's, Porky's. The highest grossing movie of 1982. I wanted to kill myself when it came out. I remember. I remember. I was telling them. I was like, all the people in school. I was 15 when it came out. All the kids in class were just like, "Oh my god, have you seen Porky's? It's amazing." I remember going to see Porky's. I'm like, "You're kidding, right?" And then I realized, like in Annie Hall, I, I always thought my classmates were idiots. You know, I mean, really, whoever I was in homeroom, and I'll never forget when they were just screaming about how great Porky's is. I remember thinking, these. I might be stupid in class like not a good student but these people are genuine idiots i must say i always thought my schoolmates were idiots melvin greenglass you know his fat little face and henrietta farrell just miss perfect all the time and, and ivan ackerman always the wrong answer always seven three is nine even then i knew they were just jerks i mean they might be better at uh at, at grades but they're idiots if they think porky's is a great movie. Oh my god! Even at fifteen, I was like, "What the fuck is the man?" You know, because I'm sitting there watching Annie Hall, saying, "Now this is what I want to do," and they're watching Porky's. And then I showed them, "Oh, it's worse than that, kids," because then I have a clicker, you know. And then the next shot is Porky's two the next day, so they're laughing a little. I'm like, "Oh no, no!" <laughs> and then I do a clicker, and here's Porky's three, Porky's Revenge, and they big laughs because you know it's just embarrassing. And then I showed them the box office for 1982 and the top four movies, E.T., Raiders of the Lost Ark, Rocky Four, and well, I think the fourth one was on Golden Pond. You might not know, but I think the, 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 the fifth one was something you've heard of, you know, like it was it, 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 all those even 21 year olds have heard of, obviously, E.T., Indiana Jones, right? Rocky. They all know about this. Uh, then what's sitting up there at number six or five? Fucking Porky's. Porky's. They were laughing hysterically because it's like it's an embarrassment for all of us that that was right out of E.T., Indiana Jones, and Porky's. I, are you kidding me? All right, all right. Okay. So and then and then Rocky. Right. Was there? So so it's two franchises. Okay. In 1982 that live to this day. They're making an Indiana Jones 5. Creed 3 is coming out. E.T.'s a legendary goddamn classic whose director was nominated this year for the Oscars. So it's three unbelievably relevant movies that to this day are still being discussed. These kids are 20, 21. They know all about it. And then Porky's. Fucking Porky's. I hated that movie when I saw it. I... Never laughed once. There's obviously the, just one scene where they're laughing at something, which is kind of fun, but the most basis of it is just awful. And to, and then we looked, and at the bottom, at number 30, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, all the way down at number 30. I told them it wasn't a hit when it first came out. It just kind of built. And it's just absolutely fascinating that that's where there was. And then there's this little bit of gold clearly directed by a woman made the difference of why that movie stands out as a much better high school movie than Porky's. 
you got to be kidding me. So I was like all involved, like I was now, just now, talking to you. I was like, I think they appreciate I, I hope so. And then I gave out our first assignment. It's very, no, it's not, I'm not doing the line from Police Academy, their first assignment. Uh, I had to give out the first assignment. I told I had to. That's, that's what they, they, oh, we have an assignment? I'm like, I was told I must. <laughs> so, and I'm trying to get their, you know, their web thing working again. And I'm like, I'll try and put the assignment online. I don't know. I, I, I think I got, I finally got access to it like Wednesday night again. It's always at the last minute. So I emailed everybody and hopefully we'll all get the stuff. And of course I was talking, I'm like, well, you know, when the, the assignment is something about when I interviewed Amy Heckerling and what I got from something like that, you know, I wanted to tell them, oh, you could listen to it. But I'm like, I, I don't want them to, I mean, I know they could find the podcast very easily, but <laughs> I don't want them listening to the podcast. I'm, I'm never going to make fun of them or anything. And obviously I'm really enjoying doing this class. Everything about it is wonderful in the sense for me, I like getting there. I like talking to the other staff people. I like setting up the equipment and just, uh, I, I like, you know, when everybody came in, it was all smiles. It was nice to see everybody. I was so glad they watched the movie and, you know, we had a little discussion about it and then we kind of just got down to it and it was, uh, you know, I showed clips and how they relate to Clueless, how there's a lot of similarities. And so next week, uh, I'm going to show them how Clueless relates to the book, Emma, and then the week after that, uh, I think we're going Richard Curtis, a little Notting Hill action. And then after that, Arthur. And then I haven't decided. I'm not sure. Thinking about showing some scenes from Defending Your Life. I don't know why I just came up with that because, uh, you know, I want to talk about premises that are really awesome. You know, premises. Like, that, that's why Richard Curtis is amazing. He's always got an interesting, you know, something like when you hear about a movie. Like, like this Megan thing, right? I'm going to watch this right after we record. I'm going to watch Megan. Because the premise looked unbelievable, right? When you see the coming attractions, I mean, it speaks to me, okay? I don't know whether it's... Be- well, clearly it's speaking to a lot of people. I told you it's going to make a fortune because it's just like, oh my God, that sounds awful. An AI doll that goes crazy. I mean, it's the most obvious premise and yet there it is. When we talk about Richard Curtis, I'm talking about like, I love the guy. Okay, here's the premise. Uh, a regular guy ends up dating the biggest star in the world, right? And I'm like, okay, that's a premise I'd like to see. Or how about the, the classic one from yesterday, the movie yesterday, right? Richard Curtis. Here's the premise this time. A guy gets into a, a, a bike accident, gets into a coma. When he wakes up, no one's ever heard of the Beatles. That kind of stuff, if I see that in a listing, that's what it is. I'm like, I can't wait to see that. It's just the same as when I saw Steven Spielberg. When I told these, ki- these kids, I saw Steven Spielberg on the Today Show in 1985 saying, well, we got this movie coming out and working with, you know, with Robert Zemeckis. And it's called Back to the Future. It stars uh, Michael J. Fox. You might know from Family Ties. I'm already in, obviously. But then he says, and it's about a kid who goes back in time and he meets his parents. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's fucking brilliant. How come nobody's ever thought about that before? And, uh, you know, so just a little tagline of premises like that really turned me on. And, uh, you know, the people that do it. So I'm saying defending your life. Well, here's, it's not the premise, but here's Albert Brooks' depiction of heaven where the major depiction is you can eat as much as you want and it comes out fast. So, you know, just those little tiny things are so great. I was also talking about, I'm going to talk about um, Nicholas Meyer, who made two really great premises. Like, maybe the films aren't as good as the the, the premises because, you know, that's film yesterday. Ain't that great? 
It's kind of a bummer that it's not that great. The premise, the, the movie doesn't hold up to the premise. There are scenes that are fantastic, and then, but the movie as a whole is not very good. But now you think about Nicholas Meyer, who did The 7% Solution. What's that premise? Oh, I don't know. It's uh, Sherlock Holmes teams up with Sigmund Freud to solve a murder. Hello, I'm in. All right, that doesn't speak to everybody, but it certainly did to me. That's hilarious. A fictional character and a real character, who the hell gives a shit? And they team up to solve a murder, and, and Sherlock Holmes is, uh, because he has to go to Sigmund Freud to get off heroin. I'm like, I am so in. <laughs> with Robert Duvall as Watson, come on. Come on, man. Alan Arkin is Sigmund Freud. Mr. Holmes, you don't seem to understand the cry line. Was, I mean, this is good stuff. And again, is the movie that great? Would I recommend it? Would I make them watch it? Absolutely not. But the premise, time after time. Again, Nicholas Meyer, what's the premise? H.G. Wells invents a time machine in real life. You know, I mean, technically, you know, he's just a writer, wrote the, the book. But he uh, ends in the 1800s, he ends up making a time machine, which his best friend, uh, Les- what is it, Leslie John, St- John Leslie Stevenson, isn't that it? Yes, John Leslie Stevenson, who is who? Jack the Ripper, but they don't know it yet. And Jack the Ripper escapes in his time machine to the future, which is now the past, 1979, uh, San Francisco, and H.G. Wells has to follow him and try and take him back to justice. Uh, I mean, are you not all in on that? Yeah, it's a fantasy, but who cares? I, I'm going to love that premise. Here's something for you that uh, I didn't even think about until recently. Mary Steenburgen. Mary Steenburgen? No, Steenburgen. You know her. She's in Time After Time, plays uh, Malcolm McDowell's love interest in Time After Time. At the end of the movie, yeah, spoiler alert, but who cares? At the end of the movie, she goes back to the past with Malcolm McDowell. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Are you sitting down? Back to the Future 3, what? What does she do? She goes back to the future with Doc Brown in the time machine. What? Why are they hiring Mary Steenburgen to do all these things about time travel where she always ends up going going with the guy either in the past or the future? (laughs) Hello, Dave Juskow making the connections no one's ever thought about before. You're welcome. Is that a class? Eh, maybe. But I love it. We love it. You guys love it. You know you love it. Because it's ridiculous to where my mind works, but it can't work on making a living. It can only work, and that's the question. So then, so maybe I'm on to something, right? If my mind works like that, where I want to talk to you guys, get so excited at the fact that Mary Steenburgen travels in time in two separate movies, one to the past, one to the future, sitting on a guy's lap in a time machine that are what, 20 years apart. Now, if I have that useless knowledge in my head, but I can get paid for it somehow by teaching a class about it, then I guess I do win. (laughs) I mean, this is the only answer. It's either that or, you know, something of uh, Jeopardy where it's only questions like these. What two time-traveling movies, meanwhile, if I was on Jeopardy and on the spot, never could come up with them? Never, unless they ask that exact question question you know oh yeah what's that other one she's in uh, i mean I'm, I'm doing this in class like, wait what's the name of that uh meanwhile i just remember john leslie stevenson off the top of my head i wasn't planning that to talk about it today i'm like wait i, I think that's jack the rip john lives too right <laughs> like why would who would know that thank you and speaking of movies 
uh, I finally watched Serpico on Friday. Friday after I taped the podcast, I like to watch a movie. That's my new thing, and it's a really good thing. That's why I'm going to watch Megan right after. I can't even wait. And when I say Megan, I mean the Megan Markle documentary. I'm so excited about it. She's so hot. I'm kidding. Uh, she's the worst person ever. Well, I just didn't. It's like, right, I'm, I'm, I might be evicted. Uh, they're going to garnish my wage. Everything's bad, right? And and then I go, and but she's going like, yeah, I had all this. I didn't know what I was going to do. So I just stayed at Tyler Perry's house for a while. Well, isn't that nice? Wouldn't it be funny? I'm like, I didn't know what to do. So I just, Elon Musk took me in. He said I could have three of his rooms. Shut up. Anyway, I saw Serpico. It's an old Al Pacino movie from 1974. If you're not familiar with it, many people would be like, wait, you never saw Serpico before? I just never did. I don't know why. And I was a big fan of Al Pacino. I don't know why I never saw it. I don't know. So I finally watched it. I taped it. You know, I like saw it was on. I'm like, all right, let me tape this, and I'll, I'll end up watching it one day. And I guess Friday was the day. And I think I watched it Friday night, too, not like in the afternoon when I usually do it. And uh, I was fascinated by it. It wasn't the greatest movie I'd ever seen by any account. It certainly was interesting. You know, the fact that it's not a true story is it's, it's, it's a good gritty New York movie. And that's the best because like, they even have scenes of like where I work now downtown. And it's like pretty cool. And, you know, all the locations that I recognize, but from 40 years ago are really interesting always. But there are, you know, so what is this? 1970. Three, so he's in between Godfather 1 and 2. Do you know how many scenes are exactly right out of Godfather, uh, is it just two? Nope, Godfather 1 and 2. So, right? So, there, first of all, there's a committee hearing at the end of Serpico, okay? So, that's right out of Godfather 2. It's a committee hearing in Serpico and then a committee hearing in Godfather 2. Through my appearance here today... I hope that police officers in the future will not experience the same frustration and anxiety that I was subjected to for the past five years at the hands of my superiors because of my attempt to report corruption. I was made to feel that I had burdened them with an unwanted task. The problem is that the atmosphere does not yet exist in which an honest police officer can act without fear of ridicule or reprisal from fellow officers. In the hopes of clearing my family name and the sincere desire to give my children their fair share of the American way of life without a blemish on their name and background, I have appeared before this committee and given it all the cooperation in my power. I consider it a great dishonor to me personally to have to deny that I am a criminal. I wish to have the following noted for the record, that I served my country faithfully and honorably in World War II and was awarded the Navy Cross for actions in defense of my country. That I have never been arrested or indicted for any crime whatsoever. And then his jaw is wired because he gets shot in the face. So his jaw, so he's talking like this again, like in Godfather 1. Could you tell the policeman to leave the door? It's just like, what I want is no attempt against my father. So I mean, I'm surprised that he was like, well, I already had my something wrong with my jaw in Godfather 1, so I... Godfather 1, he's like, we're well, I guess they were making up for the two at that point. So I guess it would be like calling it. Um, didn't, you know, I hope like if you're in 1912 or whenever that is, 1917, you're in World War One, but it's not called that yet. But you're from the future and you're like, well, once we finish this world war, I guess, well, you know, like, what do you mean this world war? Oh, well, I don't, you know, <laughs> what are you calling it at the moment? Um, what's the other thing, too? Oh, yeah. F. Murray Abraham is in it. Right. And he plays the cop that kind of betrays him 
And then he plays, of course, the guy that betrays him in Scarface 10 years later. I love this kind of shit. You know that. Oh, you big man, huh? You know anything about cocaine? Huh? And also there's this girl that plays his like love interest in it. Uh, there's two of them. There's one that's sick hot. And then there's another one who's his like next door neighbor. And she might be one of the worst actresses I've ever seen. It's like kind of funny. You're sitting there watching and you're like, boy, she's really bad. And that's rare. You know what I mean? It's rare to sit there and say, this is such bad acting. It's, it's bothering me. And it's like, you don't even know what it is. I mean, if I keep watching it, I'll, I'll figure it out. But boy, that's uh, I mean, I, I never, I looked her up. I, she was never seen again. So I guess they figured it out, but it's kind of funny to be in an Al Pacino movie after the Godfather. So it's a big deal and just choose somebody. She must've been a friend of the directors. Well, actually wasn't the director, Sidney Lamette. So he's pretty competent. I don't know. Tony Roberts, of course, is in it, so that's before Annie Hall. Now look, Serpico, I really think we can get him this time. It's just, it's not my fault. There's corruption everywhere. Can you, wait, no, I'm combining the movies. Now I'm doing um, Max Poncito. I was like, can you imagine the mind of someone who watches wrestling? I'm getting confused on my Woody Allen and Al Pacino and uh, uh, Tony Roberts connections. <laughs> Now look, Serpico, I've had just about enough out of you. I've done nothing but tried to help you this entire time. I have some connections. I mean, he's really playing that same character he plays and played against Sam. <gasps> Maybe that's he's, I was 73, played against Sam 72. He's always playing the briefcase guy, office, the Lee Maracas, uh, my friend type uh, guy. And he goes, you know, I've told you this hundred Now, if you need me, I'll be at the Hung Fat Noodle Company. He's a big businessman. And so in this one, he's like not, he's, I think, is he a cop? Or he's got, but he's got, but I've got connections in the DA's office. We'll take care of this. Don't worry, Serpico. <laughs> I know I thought the whole movie was going to be, damn it, Serpico, <laughs> which it might be, but it just seems like a Chris Elliott or Simpsons thing now. Uh, probably at the time you didn't see it, but now making a movie like that just seems silly, but. It was okay, and, you know, it's fun to watch a young Al Pacino before he, hey, hey, man, there's corruption in the police department. Well, now I'm doing Jim from, uh, I'm doing fucking Christopher uh, from Back to the Future. God damn it. <laughs> I can't, I'm, I'm mixing up the genres all day today. I can't get it together. Hey, man, there's corruption everywhere. No, I'm still doing Jim from Taxi. I, oh, well, you know what I mean. It was when Pacino was awesome. And he just wasn't what he is now, which is just sucks. I mean, really sucks. And he looked cool and he's wearing the beard. But at first, you know, he's dressed as a as a cop at the beginning with his clean shaven. And he just looks like Michael Corleone in his, uh, you know, army outfit from the beginning of Godfather. And then, of course, he grows to be something else. And uh, meanwhile, I also forgot to tell you about when I was telling you the Sylvester Stallone story that Vincent told me last week, I also forgot to tell you that it was Vincent. I can't believe I forgot to tell you this. They gave him the name the Italian Stallion. I know. Seems ridiculous, right? It's ridiculous. But let me see if I remember the story. Vincent has a cousin who was a, I don't know whether it was the quarterback or whatever. He was a player in the University of Alabama. Crimson Tide player, and he was an Italian cousin of Vincent's from maybe Long Island. I don't know, but he played for Alabama. 
And I guess they used to call him the Italian Stallion. So Vincent told Sylvester Stallone, well, you know, there's this quarterback, you know, my cousin plays for Alabama. They call him the Italian Stallion because, you know, he's not from around there. He's not from Alabama. He's from, they call him the Italian Stallion. He's got the accent. So they keep calling him that. He goes, oh, yeah. And then Sylvester Stallone took that title put it in the movie that vincent gave him that they used to call this other guy but vincent was the one who told him about it see so in case you're saying because then i was talking to people like well i'd have heard that story before about the fight and that's how he got the idea and i'm like well if you heard that well you definitely didn't hear that one that i just told you this vincent is something else i'll tell you you know oh it ain't easy it ain't easy oh but i'll tell you on saturday night I decided to go out, right? And I was just like, I do not watch. I'm going out after work. So, oh, so so check it out. I, I, I worked from home Wednesday because I just wasn't set in my what I needed to put together for Thursday's class. I was just getting it together in my head. I'm like, I need more time. And we were supposed to interview Liberty DeVito for the Billy Joel podcast, but he canceled at the last minute for good reason. We'll get him again and everything will be cool. So we were going to do that Wednesday. So I was like, okay, now I got free time to put it together Wednesday but I'm like you know what would be better if I could spend most of the day doing this because I need because like everybody man you, you get home even if it's five o'clock in the afternoon I woke up at 5 30 in the morning and I'm exhausted I'm gonna I'm gonna punk out but what if I stayed home on Wednesday you know worked from home and then was able to do both things at the same time like I do at the office sometimes and that was the right move now, on the flip side of that, the bad move is I have to go to work on Sunday this week. I know. That sucks, right? But does it, though? I mean, it does suck to have to go, especially and years ago. There's no way I could have done it if I knew the uh, championship games were playing that. But I'm like, where am I even going to watch that? Nowhere. I'm just going to watch them at home. Probably watch the Super Bowl at home. My whole life has changed when it comes to all that kind of stuff. I, I, I was like... You know, you have to work three days a week. You got to show up to the office three days a week. Even though I've told them, I'm like, I should be a special case because I work on Saturdays and Sundays. It's ridiculous for me to come in Sunday. Who's going to be taking attendance on Sunday? But those are the rules. So I said, instead of Wednesday, so I can pick any, I can do this all the time. So I said, instead of doing that, I'll just go in on Sunday. But then I was thinking, you know, going on Sunday, first of all, the commute's going to be sick, right? It's going to be so, I mean, even though I take the bike, but the bike during the week still, there's people in the bike path and everything, even though I go early in the morning. Uh, it'll just, let's face it, Sunday morning, there's not going to be anybody out. It's fantastic, right? Even if I did take the subway, boy, would that be an easy commute, right? If I had a car, I could just drive myself down there. It'd be even better. I mean, I know I do have a car, but you know what I'm talking about. I could even park on the street down there. I mean, it would be, you know, Sunday's a big deal than the difference. Plus, I don't have to like, I don't, I don't have to shower. Like, I don't have to dress up. I can wear jeans. So that's a huge difference than having to go to work on a regular day when everybody's in the office. I mean, granted, the cafeteria won't be open. Okay, that sucks. But does it? Because it's better off. And then I'll just leave it one, like at lunch. And I'll just go home, work the rest of the two hours from home, and then it'll be like the whole thing never happened. So it's not horrible. It's just stupid. It's stupid. I keep telling them, I should have special privilege because my hours are stupid. They're weird. But whatever, the sacrifice was worth it. And, of course, I'll tell you next week how working on Sunday at the office will be. Meanwhile, you know, my friend, I got, you know, one of my uh, coworkers that I met that I like very much. and We talk every week. She'll be there. So she's, 
it'll, it'll be great. Like, I like her a lot. Oh, so this is the problem, right? This week, I got really depressed. Um, not just because of um, all this stuff, but they, they hired a new person to work, like, overnights. But she's got to be in the office, you know, to practice, to, to, to learn, to, to, to teach her the ropes. Otherwise, I'll never, I'm never going to see her again. You know, she's going to work remotely for the rest of however long she works there. But I am so set in my ways at that place. Mondays, I'm by myself. So I bring, you know, my books and whatever. And, and I'm just, this is what it is, right? You know, you know me, man. I'm a goddamn creature of habit. Anything changes from the plan, I'm a mess. And Tuesdays, uh, my other boss comes in, right? And we and just build. And then on Wednesday, there's three people in there, right? So it just builds and I'm used to that. But this woman was, she came in on Monday and I'm like, oh, and I was like worried about it all weekend. I'm like, there's going to be somebody else in the office. This sucks. And she was sitting right in front of me. So when I'm looking at my screen, I can see her there. You know, it's like I'm just used to having nobody there. And uh, it was just getting on my nerves. It's not like her fault or anything. It was just getting on my goddamn nerves. She reminds me of, uh, I can only play, like maybe I could show you on the bonus show if I remember. And I wasn't even sure if it was going to be a bonus show today because I don't. I, I think I only got three pictures, but I'll show you something else. Like this. You know, the bonus show was either, uh, it depends, uh, week to week, am I right? But she reminds me, if you know Family Guy, and they always have this girl in the accounting department who's, I don't know her name, but she laughs at everything, and just just always having a good time with life, and oh, it's hard to explain, but she was reminding me of that, and then it was driving me crazy, because, you know, I was the only one who could see it, or who would care. But yeah, just, I don't, I don't know. It was just freaking me out and it was bothering me. And, you know, it's so they have this COVID thing. So nobody's sitting next to each other. And all of a sudden this woman's sitting like right next to me. It's driving me crazy. I shouldn't let that kind of stuff bother me. And it's only, it was only for two days and I was a mess. What's the matter with me? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it really got to me. I was like almost in tears. I mean, what I need, I need to see somebody desperately uh, about that kind of stuff that is so weird but anyway on saturday when i was uh, you know after work i knew i was going to go out because this girl had called me and said i'm going to be at the greenwich comedy club which is you know real shithole which is right by the cellar but it's you know the lesser place where you would play if you suck and she said i'm going to be it's a bringer show but you come down and we had met I don't know, maybe a year ago when Attell was doing a thing in Long Island and we'd always talked about getting together and I was like, oh, I'll come down to see you. And then I'm like, do I really need to come see her? Because, you know, the playoffs were going on at that time and stuff. I'm like, no, 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 come on. Let's get out of the house. Let's do this because then I'm not going to see anybody until, you know, how it gets. I get depressed even though I don't want to go out, but I should go out. So I'm forcing myself out. I went down there, and she was very excited to see me. I found out it was her birthday. I didn't even know, and she had friends there. And the plan was to go out with her friends to her hotel after and hang out. So I saw her, and she was great. But then I saw my friend Tiffany, who was a waitress there, and we used to be best friends. We used to go out, and she's dating this new guy, and he he works there too, and he was awesome. So I was just talking to them, and then the manager, uh, Melinda, was there. And I just hadn't seen anybody in so long, and we all loved each other. So I stayed there for like two hours just talking, and I didn't really see the show. I saw the girl perform, and I'm like, you know, whatever. Good job. And, and then she left, and I said, I'll meet up with you. and Because I, I was just talking to everybody, and I saw people I hadn't seen in a long time. And, you know, I'm a chatty Cathy, and 
everybody was so psyched to see me and I was excited to see them. So I just kept talking and talking and doing the Forrest Gump thing again. I just kept chattering like a monkey in a tree and and she just listening. I told her about mama going to heaven and taking a trip to, and then ping pong in and I, like, I just kept talking and talking. So I totally was uh, doing that. I just wouldn't stop, but I was having such a great time. And so when I left, I, you know, I find the show was over <laughs> and I just left. And it was early. I, I had to get down there at 530. It just filled, filled late because, you know, it was dark. So I think it was finished like 730, quarter to eight. And I uh, texted that girl and I said, where are you? And she never texted back until much later. So I'm like, well, I'll just go to my bar and I guess have a drink and then I'll go home. Well, 4 a.m. rolls around and I had to actually take an Uber home, which I never do, of course. But, uh, yep. I did it again. I said, well, I'll just stay for a drink. You know, five, six drinks later, I think I was doing vodka tonic, vodka soda, and bitters. And I had like five or six of them. I, I guess I must have been a little wasted. I know. It doesn't seem like I should have been. I, I stopped off at the cellar, and I saw my friends from CNN again, which was nice. You know, I stopped there for a little bit, but then I went and just hung out at that place all night. And Marina came over with her sister. You might have seen it on Instagram. And so, I, you know, I love when people just come by and I was just talking to the, uh, my friend Rebecca all night. She's always there. And then she was telling us about her friend, this girl, Jen. Right. And she she's like, oh, I'm going to tell her to come. She loves to hang out and party. And she's a fun girl. And I'm like, oh, you, you know, we should go over there or something. I don't know. I guess I was in the mood to just hang out. And this girl comes over. She actually comes by. This is like two in the morning now. And she comes by. And she's very pretty. And she comes by and she's sitting. And it turns out, I guess this girl, Rebecca, does uh, tarot cards. You know, she has tarot cards. Now, you know what my thing is on tarot cards. I always pull the live and let die gag. Take a chance all the time. When you pull the card out, I'm going to be like, well, you can try it 100 times. But if you pull the card out while I'm here, you're just you're going to get the lover's card. And, you you know, and so I can use the line. You do believe in the cards, don't you? You know, I pull that gag all the time. I did it with Olga. I did it with this guy. So you take the chance. If she pulls out the lover's card, she's going to be like, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. We're going to be lovers. You know what I'm saying? So um, the cards don't lie. You do believe in the cards, don't you? It's right out of live and let die. I've played that for you before. So I did the gag again. They weren't paying attention to me. They were doing their own thing. And then I said, listen. Just do it one more time because like I told you, whatever, because it wasn't it wasn't coming in. They were doing all this stuff. And wouldn't you know, she pulled and there's I think there's only one in the deck. Wouldn't you know she pulls out the lover's card? She goes, Oh my God. And I'm like, I told you. I told I mean it just I got lucky again where I couldn't believe it worked. I'm like, but the cards don't lie. You do believe in the cards, don't you? I mean, that's my favorite thing to do. But as we all know, Roger Moore stacked the deck with uh, lots of lovers cards. So there was no way she couldn't pick it. Jane Seymour, I'm talking about. The lovely Jane Seymour. Or what's her name in the... uh, Damn it. What's her name in Live and Let Die? No, it's not Domino. That's from Thunderball. (laughs) Thunderball. Solitaire, of course. Solitaire. That's her name.
Black Queen on the Red King, Miss Solitaire. My name's Bond. James Bond. I know who you are, what you are, and why you have come. You have made a mistake. You will not succeed. Rather a sweeping statement, considering we've never met. Cards have followed you for me. Put down those cards. It is a blasphemy. They tell nothing to those who cannot see. Oh, but they do. That's a, a bit of luck. Good luck for both of us. The cards say we will be lovers. You're mistaken. It's impossible, forbidden for me. Now you must go. But you do believe. I mean, really believe in the cards. Well, they have never lied to me. Then they won't now. Pick one. <laughs> before it was given. Strangely enough, somehow, so did I. She smoked cigarettes, so she came on, so she smells like cigarettes. She was dressed really funky. I had a show on Tuesday with Alon, a charity event at Gotham, and I invited them. Well, they said, can we come? And I said, sure. And Alon got them on the list. Well, well, I'll just tell you this. So, I guess I must have been really drunk because that Saturday night, the bar was closing. They were kicking us out, and that girl goes, I'm going to smoke a cigarette, and she had Parliament. And I think I told you guys, those are the only cigarettes I've ever smoked, or Parliament. And I don't smoke. I don't inhale them. I just kind of puff. And I have some in my glove compartment in my car because that was the first cigarette I tried, you know, when you were trying cigarettes once. And it's never worked for me. I can't. I've told you, I can't even smoke weed with tobacco in it i can't inhale it it just makes me sick but i wanted a parliament cigarette for some reason i was like i'm gonna have it so i went outside with her and i smoked it but you know i you know i never smoke cigarettes i hate cigarettes but i smoked it puffed on it and it's fun to smoke a cigarette you know you, you it, there is something about it feeling cool even though it is disgusting but it was the late at night or whatever and I smoked it, and I just remember, you know, I'm like, what am I doing? And then it was just too late and too cold. I'm like, I'm not bike. I'm th- this is when I know I've got to take an Uber. I got no choice. Did I want to spend the money? No. But that's one of those things. It's five in the morning now. Let's just get home. This is ridiculous. So I got one. And I just remember the whole night, I'm just like, what is wrong with me? It's that stupid cigarette, the smell, you know, it's in your mouth. It's so gross, but it seemed at the time, it seemed like it was a good idea. I don't know why, but she's one of those. She smokes all the time, is always going out to smoke. So on Tuesday, first of all, she's late. So I'm really upset about that. You know, you you put somebody on the list, you do them a favor. Alon was polite enough to do that, and she misses his entire set, Alon, because he was hosting. That's completely unacceptable. Rebecca was there on time, which is nice. But, I, you know, that kind of stuff pisses me off. I just met this girl, but technically I knew what I was in for because she's a little crazy. And when I say a little, I'm being polite. And then she pretty much 
leaves to go out and smoke the rest of she was just out in the hallway talking and stuff like that on the phone and i'm like man that is so rude but so here's the thing about tuesday you know first i do i walk up to the cellar and i do the tuesday night show and then i walk to gotham because i'm doing this uh, ps11 show which is like a charity event for this school and i'm on at 9 20 and i've got there at eight o'clock you know, a little 745 when it, you know, just to be there for the beginning of the show for Elan. And I was going to go on pretty much next to last. No big deal. I don't care. So they have, uh, Elan goes up and he, he does really well. In fact, he was the best up until this incident happened. <laughs> and then these other people went on and they're not very good. I'm like, oh, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to kill it. I'm feeling real confident in my act because it's people, I guess, around my age. I mean, they're all parents and stuff. So I'm feeling pretty good. And then all of a sudden, they stop to have an auction. And I'm like, well, this this isn't good. They stop in the middle of the show to have an auction. So that takes about 15 minutes. People get up. The lights go on. They th- I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. And then they're going to go back to comedy. So I'm doomed. I'm doomed. So they go back to comedy. And they put on the, the girl that nobody warms them up again. You know, Alan just has to move the show, keep going. It's not anybody's fault. It's just not put together properly and the crowd at this point is just like we're wait we're still doing this so this girl gets up that's one of the parents of the thing and she does okay you know nobody was doing great and then uh this other girl goes up that has the most energy that anybody's ever seen she warms up the view and she's got crazy energy so she's technically killing because the crowd is loving and she's a good warm-up so it's like perfect for me all right, this is good. You know, I think, I, I mean, I'll take it down, but this is perfect. And I hear all this whispering, and I'm like, this isn't good. By, by the people on the side, I hear all this whispering, and I'm like, uh-oh, I bet you Seinfeld's here. And then I know I'm going to get bumped. Well, it wasn't Seinfeld. It was Gaffigan. And Gaffigan came in, and they're like, oh, Jim's going to go next, so you're bumped. <laughs> and I'm like, whatever. I don't care. I mean, I have to go after him. And I'm like, I don't even care. I mean, you know, as you know, I've been going before him during COVID, but I never got after him. It was nice to see him. And he went on and he did pretty well. But the crowd gets so excited when somebody of his stature goes there that, you know, you come up next and you got to you gotta relax a little bit. But I've always said, you know, who cares? Even if Seinfeld's go, if you're a good comic, you ride off the energy and you do it. Some people are afraid to follow high energy. But if you're a good comic... You should be able to follow anyone. See, now I'm not a good comic, so therein lies the issue. But it's my own fault because I went in with a joke I thought was going to work and it wasn't. So it turns out this is for PS11. And Alan said, well, I went to PS110 or something, right? So I assumed, I don't know why, that they'd remember that from the beginning I, because the, these PS schools are so stupid. And I said, Jesus Christ, I mean, I have to uh, follow because the auction was like somebody paid $2,000 to roll some sausage in a factory. I'm like, I got to follow not just somebody uh, rolling, a, winning a, a thing to roll a sausage in a factory. Then I got to follow Jim Gavigan. I got to follow this guy from PS110. Just silence. I mean, it was just, I, I don't know. I thought they would get, <laughs> it just, it then I might as well just left because uh, the rest of the act was a disaster. 
And maybe not the disaster I think it was in my head, because I think I did as good as anybody else was doing earlier on. You know, I mean, just there, everybody wasn't doing very well uh, until the last guy, this um, Jean Marc something or other, he was uh, he killed it. Uh, like I said, Gaffigan was just okay. It's just you know he's Gaffigan, so it doesn't matter. Which is the status I need to get to if I'm going to continue doing stand-up comedy. People are going to have to know who I am. That's the other way, only way it's going to work because I stink. But I was so embarrassed, and everybody's like, oh, thanks for doing it, thanks for doing it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, all right, all right. So, is it, you know, having a bad set just sucks. And, of course, it was in front of the girls. So and that's the funny thing. This girl's talking the whole time outside, and she's just talking. And she's not. I'm like, good, maybe she'll miss my set. And she came in just in time, unfortunately, not because she knew I was on, just it was the time she came in. I'm like, oh, great. I guess they didn't care because uh, she invited me out on uh, something for Valentine's Day, so that was nice, but I told her I got to work overtime. Because I don't know if I can hang, because she smells like cigarettes, and that's an issue. And she was wearing this crazy outfit. I mean, it was kind of hot, but not like a really crazy, like an Emily in Paris outfit that just doesn't make any sense with these long shoulders, like these cone shoulders or something from like the 1930s or something. It, I mean, it was a bold choice, but she's definitely she's definitely out there, man, the, the big news is, though, and she said it multiple times in a text, that she is going to take me to this, what's it called, like an art gallery or something. It's this place in Irving Plaza. I have always wanted to go because it's only for the affluent people, and it is in the movie Manhattan Murder Mysteries. And Diane Keaton and Alan Alder are there when she sees Mrs. House on the bus from that thing. It's right on, like, 19th Street or something. So I've always wanted to go mostly because it's in that movie. And you know me, I'll do something just because a scene has been, a place has been in the movie and I have to go. But there's lots of people like me that like to do that. So I kind of want to go to this thing and she can get me in. And she had bought this guy to the bar that night who was, uh, I guess that's how she got in through this guy. And this guy was the most boring. I was like, what are you hanging around this guy for? What's the matter with you? And she's like, I know. And he was just like, so no. I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm going to take you to a party. Well, you know, when I want everybody to just leave and and go away. And he's like, what? I'm like, oh, God, you're dull. <laughs> we always got into a fight, but um, it's all right. He was that boring that he w- wouldn't even get into a fight because, uh, you know, he's dull. Peter dull. I never thought of Peter being dull. Remember that Brady Bunch episode? <laughs> Isn't that how it goes? Peter Dull, <laughs> when he does, he's trying to do jokes and everybody keeps saying the punchlines. That is a classic. Uh, hopefully I can find that clip. Hey, everybody, you want to hear a joke? Yeah. 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 Okay, this man walks into a restaurant and he says to the waiter, do you serve crabs? And the waiter says, sit down, we serve anyone. (laughs) I guess y'all heard that one. Well, how about this one? This lady goes to doctor and she says, doctor, when I get well, will I be able to play the violin? And the doctor says, of course. And the lady says, that's great. Because I never played it before. Peter? 
Nothing. Then why are you sitting by yourself? That's what you did at Jane's party last week. I don't want to ruin everybody's fun. I'm too dull. You're not dull. I think you're very nice. You're just saying that. I am not. And if you don't believe me, ask somebody else. Hey, Judy, come here. What's up? Peter thinks he's dull. Peter, dull. That's silly. That's what I said, too. Hey, what's going on? Peter says he's dull. Isn't that ridiculous? It sure is. So after the show, I was going to go to my favorite place, uh, you know, that place, Jimmy's. It's not called Jimmy's. It's uh, called the Saloon. Jake's Saloon. Right next to Gotham and, you know, for a party, a little after party that I've always done with that, that school. But because my set was so bad and Alon didn't want to go, I was like, I'm good with that. Because I think the girl, the girls wanted to go downtown. I'm like, I'm not going downtown. So Alon's like, you want to get something to eat after this? I'm like, perfect. So he recommended the cellar. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to go down there. I'm, like, I'm closer to my house here. So we just went. So I was just like, I was definitely, you know, in the mood for the beer. But it just, it was such a bad set. I didn't want to see anybody. At least I felt so in my mind. Usually I'm pretty good about that, you know, still seeing people after. But, you know, I can tell. So I wasn't feeling really good. And I just decided we'd just go to a diner, which we did. And we had a really good time there. It was nice. And uh, they were playing like uh, 80s, my favorite, you know, 80s rock at this diner. That seems to be uh, the place we went with the tell around Christmas time. I had the steak sandwich again because last time it was so good. This time not so good. But I ate the whole damn thing. And uh, they were playing, you know, like White Snake and stuff like that. So it was, it was really interesting because it was just didn't make any sense. But we liked it. We had a nice time. And, yeah, we didn't make any money for this thing. They gave us gift cards. And that was the other thing. I'm like, you know, you just paid $2,000 for a sausage roll, and I'm getting a gift card for playing here. I think that's rude. You know, they're raising a lot of money, and comics don't like that. I mean, it turns out it was an excellent gift card because it's like an Amazon one, which I need. But... You know, normally you just like you just want to get cash, and why can't you just pay everybody fifty dollars in cash? I mean, what what's with the gift? You get a swag bag, you get a shirt and a, and a card saying "Thanks so much, we really appreciate it," which is completely impersonal because it's not personalized. So I get angry at that kind of stuff, as you know. That's what I do. We got good to it, but I think I walked home. Yeah, I walked home after that. Yeah, that's right, because Alon walked me to 2nd Avenue, and he took a cab, and then I just walked the rest of the way home. I didn't think I was going. No, wait. I think I took a bike. Yeah, I took a bike at one point because I had had it. Yeah, that's what it was. But it's just too cold sometimes and late. But I knew I didn't have to work. I didn't have to get dressed for work and wake up early. That was the beauty because I was working from home, so I knew I could be able to. That gives me an extra two hours to sleep. Meanwhile, I couldn't sleep anyway, so it didn't matter. But you know, not having to get in the shower or put on pants. <laughs> is a whole really great thing about working from home, I gotta say. I have misplaced my pants. I've really been enjoying teaching that class on Thursdays and going out after. So the plan was this time I was going to go out with my nephew again because we didn't go out last week because it was horrible weather. And so I said, well, just meet me. Ugh. This kid is just like, he's just like the other students there. I said, meet me at my, in my class at 7.30. And so I'm waiting for him. In fact, one of the students came back. She'd forgotten something. She goes, Professor, what are you still doing here? And I'm like, oh, I'm waiting for my nephew. Professor, what are you doing? He says, isn't that the best? <laughs> it's hilarious. I'm sitting there waiting. He doesn't come. So I leave. I'm, I'm like, where are you? And he's like, oh, I thought you said 740. He might as well talk like that because he sounds stupid. 
I'm like, no. I said, I mean, look at your text. It's it's clearly written there. <laughs> All right, I'm on my way, but I, uh, you know, I had sushi earlier. I'm having diarrhea, and I'm like, well, see, now that's something I can understand. Now you're being truthful. Uh, I said, but why did you have sushi when we know we're going out for dinner? Like, well, I don't know. You know, so then it goes back to the, what are you, an idiot again? I said, dude, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. We don't have to go. He's like, oh, okay. And I said, so how you been doing? He goes, well, do you want to talk in person? I can meet you. I'm like, I guess. So he comes down to the communications building and we just say, and he goes, you know, I can get something to eat. And I'm like, what are you? I just made other plans. I said, no, I'm not meeting my nephew. So I'll meet you at this bar because they're going to see this band. And he's like, oh, and I'm like, all right, I'll tell them that I'm not coming now and we'll go out and get something to eat. He, he said, I thought you had stomach issues too and diarrhea. I'm like, I do, but I'm used to it and I can still go out because <laughs> my stomach's, I was so nervous yesterday, you know, so, so at the beginning of the day, you know, I start to, I was going down to see my mom this time and then going, you know, I was nervous about that. The cleaning lady was here, so I figured, all right, fuck it, I'll just go down to see my mom. So I go to get the car, car doesn't start at all again. So I'm wearing a suit this time because I couldn't, my jeans were in the laundry. So I wore like a, a suit this time. That, that's what I wore for laundry day. And I have to go to the, the garage. They just let me go downstairs. And as you know, I go down, I take off my jacket jacket and I couldn't wear my nice jacket that would go with a suit because it's full of cat hair. So I had, so I could, I just had to wear my regular jacket. So I look, don't look as nice as I should look as an adult. I take off the jacket, then I took off my suit jacket because it's so hot down there, and I gotta, you know, I gotta hot wire this car. <laughs> it's so ridiculous to get all showered and ready, and then you gotta like, you know, work on my car in this nice outfit. But uh, I got it go. I, I got it going, and then I put power steering fluid in it, and I did all this stuff, and then I waited for them to come down and get me, and then I, uh, you know, had to go around, and you, you know, it's real stunt driving trying to get into the elevator. But it's also, and I'm laughing every time when I'm doing it because it's just so funny. That's just so funny. Nobody sees, most people who park in the city never see the inner workings of the garage. So I'm like, I don't, this, this is so hilarious. So I go to my mom's and I'm worried because Beth is there too. And she's like, well, we'll eat, we meet at 11. You know, that's earlier. You should get there at one. And we're like, well, we'll get something to eat. And I'm like, uh, I'm a little afraid to eat, but then I'm like, well, I got to eat something. So downstairs, the lunch selection was roasted chicken Reuben, I think. I got that. I said, well, get me one. There were a bunch of sandwiches just piled up in a tray, like I showed you when they have those burgers. just piled up in the tray, and for some reason, that speaks to me. It should, most people would be like, that's gross, but I love it, and I really just want that tray, and I just want to start eating the sandwiches like in a contest. So we went upstairs and got it. I ate the whole thing. I didn't think I was going to, and I was just really worried. And then my sister got the regular coffee. I'm like, nah, I got to wait the coffee to get clad, you know, because I just don't want any trouble with my stomach. And it's mostly just stress and nerves. And I go up, you know, it's an hour away, and I go and I park in that parking lot that takes me an hour to get to. Then I get the coffee like around 7. I get coffee and water around 7.30, and everything's fine with my stomach. But as soon as the class was over, my stomach started to hurt. Maybe because I knew I was going out to eat with my nephew, and I, I was like, ugh. I, but this is like not like where I'm, I'm going to be okay. It's all stress-related. I mean, yes, poor eating, but it's also very stress-related. I'm thinking about it all the time. I obviously don't want my stomach to hurt while I'm teaching, but it wasn't. I was Everything was fine then. 
So when he said, I thought you had diarrhea, because I just said, well, I had diarrhea too. I'm like, well, I said that, but I can handle it because, you know, I just like talking about it. So I think it's funny just saying you have it, <laughs> but nobody else feels that way. So he's like, I can eat. I'm like, you're really annoying, but let's go because it's important to spend time with my nephew, right? So we walk all the way to my car, which is like 20 minutes away. He's even like, wait, you got to, well, they have no respect for you. I'm like, no, this is where the professors park. How dare you? So we get in the car and I can see he's high. You know, when I see him, I'm like, he's, he's so high, but who cares? I don't give a shit about that. We get in the car, we get off campus. I'm about to get onto route three. And he goes, oh, you have to pull over. I'm going to throw up. And I'm like, what? So we, I pull over. He just gets out of the car. He doesn't throw up. And he's like, well, you know, I also had an edible. I'm like, you know, you know, kid, uh, you just be honest with me. You know, just be honest. Just tell me everything up front. You know, why'd you eat have a meal before we, I, ugh, the whole thing. So I took him back. I was like, well, I'll take you back home. I took him back, and at this point now, there's a whole bunch of traffic. The school, my sisters told me about that. I didn't see it. There's a whole bunch of traffic whenever, when the classes let out, and we just got to wait to get him, and I took him back to his room, and then I'm like, oh, this kid. I don't know what I'm going to do with this kid. I didn't care. I mean, I didn't care. It's just so, this kid, it's always an issue. There's always something going on. It's like never easy, I, right? It's like, you know, you don't have to go out. Just say, it's not, not going to hurt my feelings. I have plenty to do. I don't know what his story is. It's really weird. So he goes, I know you're going to tell my mother about this. I'm like, well, I I might, but it, it's there's nothing to tell. It's no big deal. Nothing bad happened. You know, you're just an idiot. I don't know. <laughs> but, but I can see myself being the same way, kind of. I don't know. It was like so annoying. So then I called my friend again, Evan, and I, I said, no, it looks like I am coming down. And we're going to this place this time called Tiffany's, which is different than the last place because he said he was seeing a friend's band. And that guy, Glenn, was there, too. So then I got excited because uh, I love that. I love this guy. I mean, I really do. So I go in the thing, and I there's a down. And they say they have the best hamburgers there. They have the best hamburgers. And then Evan says, Glenn says, it's going to be an hour wait for hamburgers. I'm like, what, you, what? And I'm not that hungry, so I don't care. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, do you want me to have them order you one? And I'm like, no, don't worry about it. Because I wasn't sure of the situation, how it worked. I didn't know if they were sitting at a table. I'm like, no, don't order me one. Because there used to be this guy I used to know, Joe Salabi. And my friend Chris Donnie used to work at this place. And he used to call up on his car. Hey, put a rack of ribs on the uh, grill for me. I'm going to be right in. And God, he used to hate that. Because then he would still come in late and it was awful. So I'm like, I'm not going to do that. If they, you know, if, if it takes an hour or if it doesn't, then I just won't eat. I don't care. It doesn't matter. But if you're going to entice me saying they have the best hamburgers there the best burgers i got to the place and uh i had to get power steering fluid again so i saw it was near a quick check i'm like well i'll go there after it's perfect because there's nothing in that town and i park and i go in and i see there's like a bar and tables but upstairs is the band so i look for that guy glenn and i just am looking for him because he's tall and gray so that's how i'm judging him you know i i can never really tell somebody's uh, face at first but I, I know he's tall so he's easy to find but i i didn't say i took a quick look then i went upstairs to the band and i'm like they, they told me they were here to see a band so i'll go up and he's not there and i'm just hanging around and i'm like i wonder what's happening so i go back down again and i go all the way around the bar wouldn't you know he's at the, like the last table hidden from me he's there with his wife 
And then I just stood at the end of the table giving him this face. I was waiting for him to turn around for like 20 minutes. <laughs> and I think his wife was like, there's some creepy guy hanging around. So I was just giving him shit. But I'm so glad he was there. So I was able to sit down. And they had already ordered a hamburger. They were already waiting like a half hour. And I'm like, should I order one? And finally, the, the waiter came around because he took a long time. And I'm like, fuck it. I'll, I'll order. I mean, if you say it's great. So I ordered one, and he's like, do you want uh, french fries or onion rings? I was like, I, I usually don't like that, but I'm like, onion rings? Well, that sounds good. Let me tell you, these onion rings, they were fantastic. And I got a cheeseburger, and it was really good. I can never tell when anything's the best, but it was really good. But meanwhile, Glenn, and you'll see the picture in the bonus show, had onion, like uh, uh, fried onions on, or was it fried onions or ste- uh, uh, sautéed onions on his? I'm like, well, why didn't you tell me to put that on? I would have put that. That sounds even better. And he said, you know, you're going to hear about this in the podcast, you know. <laughs> but it was good it was fun i had two black and tans and a burger i mean it's just like i love hanging out after class it's like a fun tradition so i really enjoy that aspect i'm always in a good mood and uh you know i know i gotta drive back which sucks but you know i'm never in a mood rush to drive back because it sucks even though later at night it's so easy Boy, what a difference. It really is something else. That is traffic prone, That this Route 3 by the Meadowlands. It's a disaster usually. So uh, we ate, and I will say uh, Glenn paid for it, and I couldn't have been happier. It was so nice. And he, he I, I don't always want peop- people to pay stuff, but, and I could have you know split it, but it, it was really kind of him. I Obviously, he was upset. Uh, because he didn't tell me about the raw onions or the, the sautéed onions. So uh, he took it upon himself, like, well, I'll make up for it by paying. And, of course, that um, that's a big deal. I'm telling you, this guy's the best. He's so sweet. I like hanging out with him. I like talking to him. So if he wants to be, uh, if we're going to do this every week, me and him and Evan, his wife's very nice, too. Uh, and Evan's wife was there, who's great. So, I mean, but she was just, she goes around herself. She's kind of the queen of Montclair. Just the way Dick Grabowski is the king, even though they're not, you know, together or anything. <laughs> so she was up and buzzing about the, the, I guess she was friends with the people in the band. And I don't know, we just hung around and it's fun hanging out just after people in Jersey. I just feel comfortable there. It's a bit of space. And I like, yeah, again, in the parking lot, just get, because so I went to the quick check. They don't have any power steering fluid. And I'm like, well, I'll figure it out. And on the way, I stopped at some Sunoco station. And they had it, and I put it in, and the car works so much better that way. But again, you know, it's just so funny to be in a suit with your hood up, putting in, uh, working on your car, you know, when you're in a suit. It's like the worst. Couldn't have been happier when I got home. I'm like, boy, you know, it's because it all kind of leads up to Thursday, whereas everything you always used to lead up to Tuesday and the show, the live show, because I put a lot of work into it. But now it all leads up to Thursdays. And the class and all the preparation I put into the class and then going out after and then Thursday because I know full well Friday is my day off. I mean, yes, I podcast, but then mostly it's a, my day off. So it's like, yeah, it all just comes together. So then, you know, when I get home finally, it's beautiful. It's really been a long day, but a good day. And, you know, you accomplished a lot of stuff and I felt the class went really well. And then I had a good time, had a couple of beers and a burger. What's better than that, right? I can't stop thinking about the onion rings because sometimes you get onion rings and they suck. They just suck. Uh, that blooming onion at uh, Outback, it's stupid. These, on, these onion rings were perfect. So a lot of times, you know, you get the onion rings and the onion, as soon as you bite in, the onion slips out of the fried stuff. 
and it just pisses you off. This was perfect. You could really bite in, get the full onion and the fried stuff, and they didn't give you a whole bunch of it, you know, because you don't need a lot, but there was like, I don't know, 10 or 10 onion ring, nice size onion rings, but not too big and not too crispy. It was really perfect. I'm very pleased with this place. What's it called? Tiffany's, I think. I think that's what it was. Yeah, I heard that story. And then I heard from Dick Grabowski's wife, ex-wife, and she's like, how come you didn't call me when I was there? I'm like, I, I, I only think of Dick Grabowski when I'm there. <laughs> I just like saying his name. Good times again on Thursday. So this Thursday will be more of the same. This just keeps going. There's a week break because I guess they get spring break coming up and then uh, it'll all be over. But I hope they let me do this again. I'm really having a good time. And I could do this about any movie or any genre or whatever. Uh, really enjoying talking to the kids. And I, this, you know, this is what I was born to do. And I knew it. And I knew it since I was little too in the sense of that I always wanted to be a teacher. I mean, that's why I went to college for it. I said, I think teaching would be good for me. I like kids and I like, um, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I like standing up in front of a room, even though I get nervous and, and talking. I like talking. I got to let the kids talk more, but a lot of times they're just silent. You know, you ask them questions, they're like, uh. so obviously if they want to talk, I'm up for it and it's great. So. Hopefully they're happy because I'm happy with the course and then we'll see with the assignments. We're going to read them in class. I don't have to grade them. This is unbelievable. This is super fun. It's the time before we leave for lesson number three. Absolutely. There's no sense in getting off half-cocked. Well, I guess that's our show for this week. Uh, let's see. This week, uh, we're, we're virtually again. We won't be in studio because Mike is away. So we'll be virtual on the Tuesday, 6 p.m. YouTube show, our live YouTube show. Obviously, I highly recommend uh, watching it because it's a lot of fun. It's a little extension of the podcast. We show the slides. It does have fun. And sometimes we have guests, sometimes we don't. But it doesn't matter because we all have a good time together in the chat room and beyond. And on Billy Joel, this I was wrong. I said that, that right. Traveling Pair came out recently, so Turnaround is coming out today. Turnaround. I think it's going to be a fun podcast. We basically talk about that Bonnie Tyler song, "Total Eclipse of the Heart." Turnaround, bright eyes, because that's that's all I can think about. And then I think I spoil the song for everybody by putting in a Cyndi Lauper one instead. So. It's going to be a really annoying podcast, but those are the best ones. And that's on Billy Joel, A to Z this week. Folks, I hope you have a wonderful week. Enjoy February. What? How can it be already? But let's say that every month when it comes up. We'll see you next time. I'm Joe Scalpel City. Good night, everybody.